The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Have you ever known a person who says he believes in Christ, yet he says he does not want to have eternal life for whatever reason? We'll talk about this today and also about how are we sanctified on Grace in Focus. Thank you for tuning in today. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Find out more about us and about our quarterly magazine called Grace in Focus when you go to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Now with today's discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Philippe Sterling. Philippe, I believe you've got a question from Peter, is that right? Yes. Peter states this and asks. He says, I believe in Jesus, but I don't want everlasting life. So could you possibly make that clear that it's not simply believing in Jesus, he's saying, but I must want it uh, as well. Now, I've heard this a lot of times, and I think Peter in his question, evidently, I think I talked about this on the air, and he said I gave some illustration. He didn't find the illustration particularly helpful. The illustration was of a young man whose parents had already died. As far as he knew, they were unbelievers. So he was convinced his parents were in Hades now. And so he wanted to spend eternity with his parents. As a result, he didn't want everlasting life. So the guy said, well, I I believe John 3.16 is true, but I don't want everlasting life. Therefore, I don't have it. And the problem with this view, and I was talking to Colin Jackson, we would call him Kojak, (laughs) (laughs) Captain Jackson. He uh, was a captain in the Army. He also has a law degree. He pointed this out, which I thought was helpful. He said in philosophy or in law, it's called if A, then B, except C. So there can be exceptions, or if A, then B, unless C. What he suggested is this person, Peter, here is saying, John 3.16 is true. If anyone believes in the Lord Jesus Christ for everlasting life— then B, he has everlasting life, unless C, he doesn't want it. But did you notice in John 3.16, there's nothing about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him and wants everlasting life shall never perish, but has everlasting life? No, there's nothing about wanting it. It's true. Let's say that you are born in the United States, and you are a citizen of the United States, and You don't like that. Too bad. That's who you are. Maybe you can get your citizenship revoked, right, by committing treason or something. But in God's family, there's no revoking of our heavenly citizenship. There's no revoking of our members of God's family who were born John 1.13 of God. Once we're born of God, we have everlasting life and we'll never perish. So the problem with Peter's illustration here is that if the person thinks, okay, I believe in Jesus, but I don't have everlasting life because I don't want it, that person shows they don't believe in Jesus. You following what I'm saying? Yes, because he's going back and inserting a matter that is not there. It's essentially another condition, isn't it? Another condition. Recently, I read a blog by someone who used a variation of this and talked about Satanists, atheistic Satanists who say that John 3.16 is true and they believe it's true, 
but they don't have everlasting life because they hate Jesus and they don't want everlasting life. Well, in the first place, if they're atheists, <laughs> they don't believe in everlasting life and they don't believe in life after death and they don't believe in God. But let's take the premise of the question and say that there are some atheistic Satanists who do believe in life after death and do believe that Christians are eternally secure, and they do believe that simply by faith in Jesus they're eternally secure, then how is it that they don't have everlasting life if they're convinced that's true? Well, the reason is the same if A, then B, unless C. They've added in you got to want everlasting life and you got to love Jesus. But there's nothing in John 3.16 or anywhere in the Old or New Testament that says we must want everlasting life to get it, or that we must love Jesus in order to have everlasting life. Now, admittedly, a person who doesn't want everlasting life is not likely to pray about it, not likely to come to church, not likely to be open to hearing the saving message, and someone who hates Jesus is not going to be receptive to this message. I remember I was talking to Colin about this, and he said basically the person in the blog was begging the question. Because he said these Satanists believe John 3.16 is true. No, no. they don't. <laughs> and so when he says that, he's assuming his argument without proving it. You can only believe that if you're convinced it's true for whoever believes in him. And that has to include you. Yes. It includes everyone who is a child of Adam and Eve, people for whom Christ died. So the problem is... And it's not, okay, we're just talking about people who don't want everlasting life or people who hate God. But don't most evangelicals add lots of exceptions to John 3.16? Unless, of course, that I'm willing to persevere. I must, must actually. I must actually persevere. So that's one yeah. of the unstated conditions, yeah. right? Yes. So the invitation to John 3.16 is whoever believes in me has everlasting life. And by the way, I've read fanciful explanations of John 3.16 in order to try to get perseverance in there. They say the Greek expression ha pistuon, which means the one who believes or the believing one, refers to ongoing, persevering, lifetime faith. And I've even read theologians and New Testament scholars who say a person is not born again at a point in time they're born again over their lifetime because you really don't get everlasting life until you've persevered till the end. So in this view of John 3.16, it means for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in Jesus, believes in Jesus. Now, believes from that in moment Jesus. on to every moment of their lives. And the problem with this is, first of all, the articular participle in the present tense, hapistuon, simply means the believer. And the same expression is used in Mark of John the Baptist, ha baptizon, the baptizing one. Well, guess what? John is still called John the Baptist, and he, unless he's baptizing in heaven, he hasn't baptized anybody for a few thousand years. But he's still the baptizing one. It's just a matter of identity, not a matter of continuity. Right. And the other example I would use would be John chapter 4. How many times did a person have to drink the living water before they would never thirst again, according to John 4? Just one sip. And didn't the woman say in verse 15 that she got it, except she was thinking in terms of physical water. She says, please give me this living water so I don't have to come here and draw again. 
In other words, she was thinking she'd never have to physically drink water again, but she got the fact that one drink was going to forever quench her thirst. Just a quick word here about our online seminary. It begins again in February for the spring semester. Classes are free if you maintain a 3.0 GPA. We offer an unaccredited MDiv degree. And this spring you'll find classes on Bibliology and Ecclesiology with Bob Wilkin, Second Semester of New Testament Greek, New Testament Survey, Old Testament Survey, Soteriology, and Logos Bible Software. To register and for more details, go to gesseminary.org. Now let's return to our topic of the day. People who try to make perseverance a condition of everlasting life do not believe John 3.16. And that's the problem. There are so many people in evangelicalism who need evangelizing. Of the evangelicals we talk to, 9 out of 10 or 95 out of 100 do not believe that simply by faith in Christ, the person is eternally secure. They think there must be perseverance, there must be obedience, there must be ongoing good works until death. And so a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I believe John 3.16, but then they manipulate it to mean what they think it should say. It's kind of sad. Yes. Well, do you have another question there, Philippe? And we'll move on to an issue of sanctification from Kevin. Kevin states, you know, one view of sanctification is that the provision of the Bible, the church, the Holy Spirit that we need to use and live for faithfulness and obedience to God. And then another view is that our only responsibility is to abide in him. And then the issues of obedience, faithfulness to God, and so on, are just a byproduct of that automatically. Okay. Yeah. Now, sanctification, what does the basic meaning of sanctification? Sanctification points to the fact of progressively becoming more and more like God, right. we might say. Okay. So we're set apart right. from other people, set apart from our past, and we're made more and more like Christ. Right. That's progressive. There's also That's a past sanctification and a future sanctification, but what we normally think of as sanctification is progressive. Yeah. So the, his basic question is, is it by abiding in Christ and his word? Remember, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in mm -hmm. you, then we're going to receive the request we've asked of God. And then we are going to be people who are in fellowship with him. But there are other people who say, well, no, God has given us the Bible. He's given us the church. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And that should produce works in us, good works. And so the good works themselves are the means by which we're sanctified. And I would say, if we are abiding in Christ and his word is abiding in us, then we are being transformed. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. Same thing with 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the mirror of God's word, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ are being transformed into the same image, into Jesus' image by the work of the Spirit. So, yes, that's the case. And the danger is that a lot of people are more or less putting the cart before the horse. And they're thinking somehow our focus should be on our works. No, our focus should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we focus on him and fall more and more in love with him, then we become more and more like him. But if we focus on our behavior, then we become legalists, what Paul calls in Galatians, one who's walking according to the flesh. 
Yes, and Paul is clear, Galatians 2.20. It's by faith in Christ that we live out our lives in the flesh and then producing then the fruit of the Spirit, ultimately, in Galatians 5. Yeah. It's not by the works of the flesh, but focusing on Christ and the, the relationship with Christ. You know, I've been crucified great. with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. That's great. It's abiding in Christ. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And Kevin uh, and Peter, thanks for your questions. And remember, keep grace. Keep grace in focus. We would love to know where you are when you are listening to us. Please take a short minute to send us the call letters of this station and the city where you are listening and how many times a week you listen. Thank you. You will be helping us with our stewardship. Send it to radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our next episode, a question about Acts 2.38, the beginning of the church. Please join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.